Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of Slade, the Buffyverse Revisited. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Jeremy. I am former bodybuilder James. <laughs> Are you now? <laughs> You've really let yourself go, my friend. How long ago were you doing the uh, b- the bodybuilding? Uh, it's been spread about 15, 20 years. Yeah, okay. All right, uh, so... Uh, Anyway, thanks for joining us. Uh, This week we will be jumping into Season 1, Episode 3 of Angel, entitled In the Dark. We will. We will be jumping into that. This is our first full-fledged crossover with our flagship show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It is fledged and it is full. Yes, picking up up, uh, after the events of... Uh, harsh light of day. Yeah, yeah, we are, and it so. and it just somehow it just it rolls together, uh, almost like it was the same creator and writers and everything. It's it's really weird. Except it wasn't. Well, same creator. Well, yeah. So, <laughs> same showrunner. Anyway, uh, what's going on, James? What's new? How are you? And make it brief, because I don't really care. um (laughs) whoa that is that's that's appropriate (laughs) uh for those who are don't watch the podcast i just flicked jeremy off he did and it it's it cut deep it really did yeah yeah you know just a brief sidetrack uh so um uh, the second episode of Angel, um, Lonely Heart, dropped uh, today, and I was listening to it as I as I do in this morning at work, and uh, <laughs> I started laughing uh, as we were uh, as I was listening to it because uh, I was reading uh, S Dub's comments mm-hmm. for the episode City of mm-hmm. and. Uh, it got to the part where uh, if you watch the watch the video version of the podcast, I uh, I take my headset off and I storm off and I'm like, fuck this shit, mm-hmm. because uh, she said, I believe she said something about not finding David Boreana as attractive. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> and it's it's funnier so sometimes I think that visually being able to see us is funnier, but hearing it, I think was funnier because literally all you heard was like my headphones rustling and then hitting the ground. And then like uh, me in the muffled distance being like, fuck this. I'm out. Yeah, we are. <laughs> and then silence, except you started playing the theme song. Yeah. The outro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, it just shows how unprofessional we are, really. We're so unprofessional. Because um, there's no other podcast out there that would do shit like that. There's <laughs> no podcasters out there who, if there's one little, one little tiny noise in the background, they're gonna hardcore get in that editing booth and with audacity or whatever, and they're gonna make sure to scrub that clean. And they want perfection. And, and I'm like, give me a break. Right. The podcast. No one's got. No one's got time for that. Ain't nobody shit. got time for that. No one's got time for that. No. So, uh, anyway, to answer your initial question, I'm fine. Everything's fine. Um, it's been uh, it's been a long time since we've seen each other. I'm telling you, it's 
what's it been 22 hours <laughs> something like that it's yeah something like that something man like that. that's rough uh how's things with you same old same my friend i'm i'm above ground so i'm kicking ass all right all right all right sounds good james do we have any uh reader mail or uh, once again are we far too ahead of everyone uh we have um we finally uh have darlene's uh, comments, review, and rating for uh, Angel Episode 1, City Of. Okay. Um, and we do have her thoughts and comments and ratings for um, uh, Angel Episode 2, Lonely Heart. Okay, well, we should um, save that for a more appropriate time. <laughs> Why wouldn't we do it now? <laughs> I'm just kidding. What? I'm kidding. Um, which I am impressed because... Uh, Lonely Heart literally just dropped today. Yeah, it did. It did. So she was she was very on top of it she uh, was for on that it. one. She was on. Um. It. Uh. So anyway, um. So jumping back to our premiere, Angel episode one, City of, she says, full disclosure, I wasn't looking forward to this series. I honestly didn't think I'd like it because I really hadn't formed a connection of any kind with Angel via watching Buffy. Boy, was I wrong. Awesome theme song. But we're off to a good start, Darlene. We're you've already made, you've made James happy. We're already off to a better start than S-dubs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, initially, I was cringing, thinking how awful David Boreanaz was at acting drunk and really hoping this wasn't how the entire episode and series was going to feel. <laughs> Can you Spoiler alert, that? it is. He's a terrible actor. <laughs> Not just that, but can you imagine just every episode is just angels schnockered off his ass? Yeah, and poorly acting it, yeah. Was going to feel. I was so relieved and a little turned on at the moment his serious face appeared. I then rewatched from the beginning and it was genuinely funny. I too often find myself turned on by David Boreanaz. He does, trust me. Uh, this comment isn't going to be nearly as long as most of my previous posts because there was nothing about this episode I didn't like. It was funny. Oh my God, Angel jumping so suavely into the wrong convertible and Cordy absolutely lighting up when telling Russell he was about to get his ass kicked. I love the concept of Doyle receiving visions, directing Angel to someone he needs to help, but Angel having to discover the details on his own. And I had no idea how much I missed Cordy until she popped up. Uh, yeah, I mean, those are all, I mean, those are, you pointed out some of the best moments of the episode, honestly. Um, and I think it, uh, uh, I don't know that we really talked about it at the time, but it really does set the standard for how the show going forward mixes all the drama and melodrama, but does kind of nicely balance it out with comedy. Does it? God. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm in a mood today, just so you know. I'm in a ball-breaking mood. Clearly. Clearly. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree totally. Um... 
I like Doyle's character and could very easily have invested in him more until I heard he doesn't stick around. LOL. It's all good. The he doesn't, he doesn't after, stick around in real life either. After all is revisited. Perhaps I should binge watch. So I'm revisiting too. And you guys won't feel limited. So it's very sweet to keep me a first time watcher in mind. Um, I would still get invested in him cause you don't know when he goes away. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, spoiler you know, alert, he checks out in real life too. So not till after he's done with this show. Yeah, but not too long after. I think it was like 03. Um, uh, uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing the dynamic between Angel and Cordy. Right now, it's just really sweet with absolutely no romance. I don't know if that ever changes, but it's really refreshing to see a guy relating to and caring about her for her instead of her looks. The comment from Doyle about her at the end, out of bounds and super cringe. Yuck. We already know guys say that kind of thing to each other privately. We don't need to witness it. Wait, what did he say? She's a real stiffener. Oh, yeah, that's right. I was like, wow, they got away with that on the WB? Right. Wow. Um, uh, I often say that about, you know, just random women I see and out, you know, if I'm out <laughs> at the mall or something, I go, wow, she's a stiffener, and I say it really loud. Right. Yeah. I'm I, sure you do. Yeah, I do. I'm sure you do. I do. Um, because you're you're Joss Whedon's insert character for real life. For real life, exactly. Yeah, I play Joss Whedon in real life. Um, <laughs> I'm loving all David Boreanaz all the time. I, me too. Me too. <laughs> he does. Uh, I think my lack of connection to him and the character in Buffy is simply that we don't really see who he is outside of Buffy. This episode, and assumedly the series, allowed that, and now I want more. Uh, I would agree. I, I, I agree. I agree. Oh, and you're uh, going to get the more. You're going to get the more. You are going to get, get uh, You're going to know, by the time this series is over, you're going to know everything about Angel. Right, right. And I um, do mean everything. Everything. Height, weight, penis size. Yeah, because let's be honest, the final season actually shifts over to Skinamax, and there is so much nudity, it's unreal. There is so much nudity and softcore fucking. There's there's one episode where literally no one wears clothes. Mm-hmm. It's fucking mm-hmm. creepy. Yeah, yeah. It's like an episode of Californication. Yeah, especially one of the... Because one of the um, guest stars um, is a woman who has a bigger dick than uh, Doyle does. I, I, don't, I don't know who that is, but okay. I just made that up. Oh, well, okay. Uh, <laughs> Thanks for going with it, James. Um, <laughs> you're, you're a great welcome. straight man. Thanks. Uh, uh, a super cool abode for a super cool character. Again, we agree. I mean, I think we spent like a good 10 minutes just talking about a. Oh yeah, God, I love his. I love his. I love his house, or you know, his crib. Yeah, Uh, I did. As the kids say, his crib. uh, I did laugh when Angel just blatantly told Tina her friend Denise was dead. No softening that news whatsoever. LOL. But it also played into Angel's Angel's overall social awkwardness. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I think. I think, and I think that was kind of the point of it was like, 
we we're we really we're going to drive home right here just how socially inept angel is and how much work he has to do angel uh, angel is pretty inept <laughs> you're fucking inept i know <laughs> i know uh, the perfect balance between seriousness and comedic relief Jeremy's portrayal of Angel licking Tina's dead body, laughing my ass off. I'm laughing again just writing this. I did. Uh, did I don't. I, do? I don't know why, because Jeremy is not funny. I don't all. remember what. What? Okay. What did I do? How, how the fuck should I know? Oh well, you just read it. You did it. If I, you did it and you don't remember it, how much? How the fuck you am I fucking to know remember? that I am an, an early onset dementia patient? You know this. You when we were talking about how they cut um, uh, Angel licking the blood off uh, Tina's blood off oh, of his oh, hand. Oh, 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 okay, okay, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you of yeah, course, yeah. Jeremy did up and were like, but yeah. can you imagine how funny it would have been if they had showed him licking Tina's body, <laughs> the actual body. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Right, now. and then and then you you must have mimed it. Yeah. Oh, I'm um, sure I did. Right. Uh, Doyle trying to bail and his saying he was he was only the messenger and Angel replying I'm the message was a fabulous quotable quote. It was probably oh, one of there's the best so quotes. many good quotable quotes in this series. So many. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um You should you could you could you could make a like a you could probably write a small book of just the quotable quotes in this show. Tell the episode we're about to revisit, I had you pull Yeah. Spike's like entire monologue from the beginning because yeah, like it's a, a two minute clip. Yeah. <laughs> Cause the whole thing is fucking yeah. just brilliant. Mm -hmm. Um, of course it is. It's spike. Come on. The scene. Yeah. The writers really do him well. Uh, they always have, they really always have. They, yeah. But it has nothing to do with James Marsters. reaction just i'm i'm sending you a esp that says go fuck yourself <laughs> that's why my head hurts right uh the scene with angel ultimately pushing russell out the window epic uh yeah probably till this day one of my favorite uh death vampire one of the coolest oops. kills ever right uh it's it's right up there i don't know if it's i would list it before or after but the opening scene of City of when he oh, yeah. double stakes yeah. the two with the bracers. That... For me, for me, Russell still got got the got the he's still the number yeah. one slot. It's pretty fucking epic, right? Uh, but like, I'm a I'm a obviously I'm a Batman fan. So when Angel right. uses gadgets, like right, like when he used like the that... grappling hook, <laughs> yeah, like that he just that, happened to have in his waistband. <laughs> right, I get a kick out of that. Um. Uh, do, 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 do. Fun, oddly enough, spoiler alert: the like the vigilante hero Batman references don't they don't last very long. No, they don't. And I always oh. kind of hoped they had they would give him like a vamp belt, and he would have <laughs> just little fucking just little you know one's little container of holy water, you know, just little <laughs> gadgets all over the place, you know. Um, I'm also looking forward to the general feel being different from Buffy. No high school trivialities, no parents, no watchers, etc. Uh, no <laughs> uh -oh. <clears throat> well, anyway, um, <clears throat> yep, I love all uh, that not being there too. Right, that's great. Uh, 
I give this episode five and a half Can You Flies. I absolutely loved it, and I can't wait for more. Uh, well, that's good. Like, I'm I'm genuinely glad that uh, it exceeded your expectations, um, you know? Yeah, because, uh, you know, it's... <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... So now let's go over to what she thought of uh, Lonely Heart. She says, I'm so sorry my comments on the last episode were a few hours late. I misplaced my copy of your recording schedule again. I'm so damn unorganized. Oh, wait, I never had one. Yeah, I was going to say, we don't have a recording schedule. We don't have a recording schedule. <laughs> we record oh. when, generally when Venus and Saturn are at a 45-degree diagonal shift from one another. Right, um, and, Mercury, and Mercury is in Gatorade. Right, right, which, yes. Um, and also, you know, just whenever we feel like it. Right, right. But we always try to keep our, we always keep the same schedule. Yeah. As, as far as yeah. releases go. Right, releases, yes. But as far as so when we, we record, who the who, who knows? Sometimes we record right. 93 episodes in one day, and right. sometimes right. we go one episode a week. I, who knows? Right. We've actually um, recorded every episode of Buffy already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yep. We just go back and re-record them. Right. Just for shits and giggles. Well, so we can add in the, the viewer stuff and... Right, you know, right. But we're actually right. following scripts right now. Yeah, yeah. Word for word. Word for, yeah. Um, no, we, uh, <laughs> generally speaking, we try to record on uh, Saturdays, Saturday nights. Except um, right now, because we're recording in the middle of the week. <laughs> we are. Recording. Because as we said, yes, we did say yesterday, we're trying to get a couple, a we couple are, of each episode into the can. I mean, of each right. show. Into the can, right. We're and, trying um, to be, we're trying to be better. Right, we're trying to be better podcasters. Right. Which I know I mean, we're I mean, going to fail like at that miserably. An, I mean, like, to an extent, we're trying right, to Right, be to an extent, I mean. Right. I'm not going to go being um, professional and shit, but. Right, fuck that noise. Right. Uh, she then says, I nominate S-Dub as a contributing part of the podcast since, A, she's invested and thorough, B, she's a revisitor to the Buffy universe, and C, her opinions are mostly different than the two of you. S-Dub would be a great addition, and James could flirt with her, quote-unquote, in person. Someone sounds jealous that S-Dub got a wink. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Um, uh, How can, S-Dub can't be a member, can't can't join, because she's not even on our Facebook. Yeah, that's true. S-Dub does, uh, she is a uh, YouTube. uh, We're uh, not even good enough to get her on our Facebook. Right. Right. So she maybe clearly she's, she clearly doesn't give a fuck about it. Maybe maybe she's one of those whack jobs that doesn't have a Facebook. Uh, there are some of those out there, aren't there? Yeah. How do you live yeah. without memeing all day? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it it's it's the same level of crazy as actually taking Facebook seriously. Sure. I mean, sure, Facebook sure. is for memes and podcasts. Find it. Right, and finding out how racist the people you went to high school are. Right, so you know who to block, um, who to report <laughs> who to, to the uh, right. National Home right. Security System, whatever that's called. Right, and right, whatnot. right, 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 right. Uh, 
she says, S-Dub, you stick to your guns regarding your opinions. Don't worry about them being taken seriously. I'm fairly certain the guys don't really take anything seriously. Well, now, wait wait just a minute. Listen, I but take come. I take some things seriously. Right. Few and right. far between, but I do take some things seriously. Sure, sure. Um, everything I do between the hours of roughly 9 a.m. in the morning and 5 p.m. in the evening, I take pretty seriously. Okay. Everything and I then, pretty much everything then, I do from nine AM to nine oh three AM I take very seriously. And but but between five PM and like and nine AM, uh, no, I don't take anything seriously. No, no. Life's I mean who takes life no. seriously? Right. Come on. Um but Darlene is right. As like we told S dub uh previously, don't don't ever worry about your opinions not being taken seriously because we we don't take like, anything seriously. So we don't take anything seriously <laughs> for one. But no, like we said, we we look forward to hearing opinions that aren't like ours because it often the whole reason gives we're us doing this show. <laughs> right. It it often gives us a chance to look at things you know differently, and you know. Um, and as James has said multiple times, it's fine to be wrong. <laughs> right. Uh, you guys are noticeably exhausted by the time you get to reviewing Angel. Are we? I, I spend the episode feeling bad for you both. <laughs> oh, uh-oh. That's not a good sign. <laughs> wow. Well, by that wow. time, we are about um, three hours into our recording uh, uh, session, yeah. so we are kind of blurry-eyed and ash chat. Right. Because we do, so another little peek behind the curtain, we do uh, we do record both episodes back to back, and we don't start recording till like 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, because James is a fucking wacko. No, no. <laughs> James, James uh, was at one time uh, adamant that we record at like 8 o'clock in the morning, and Jeremy got to a point where he was finally like, dude, I can't get up at, at that early. Yeah, I was like, "That's this is just not sustainable because I am a night owl. And for me, getting up anywhere before noon is a crime against humanity. And um, whereas I, I am, I don't even know what you would call it because I, well, I can, I'm up early every day of the week. Um, but I also, particularly on Fridays and Saturdays, will stay up until like two in the morning. Um, that's staying like, up to you, huh? That's staying up to you. I mean, when you turn around and get back up at 7 a.m. Well, that's just psychotic. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm, I'm both a night owl and a, and a morning person. Uh, last weekend, the perfect example, Friday night, I went to the, to the movies, went to the drive-in, uh, movie started at 10. I didn't get home till two in the morning, turned around. I was back up at seven. Then Saturday we recorded, we didn't start recording till 10. Uh, we didn't finish till about two in the morning. And then I was back up again at seven the next morning. So I was going to so, ask yeah. you about the drive-in. Did you go alone?
Is, is that it? That was it. Okay. Um, Did you uh, slip a hand over your shoulder quietly in the dark? Uh, no. Okay. Um, I was absolutely expecting James to react the first time Jeremy said Sharon Peters. Uh, Hello. Listen, li- listen, I don't, I'm not always on, on top of, top of my game. Okay. Clearly. Um, it happens. That day you uh, definitely were not. Uh, I thought Kate moved super fast too, but if she's there every night, maybe she just knows what she likes. I mean, it's David Boreanaz after all. <laughs> and we all like David. I'm sorry, too. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I'd like to say I knew Sharon was the bad guy the whole time, but I didn't. I fell for the trap of thinking it was Kevin, which actually added a nice little surprise when the truth was revealed. Angel Investigations? Why not just Acme Inc.? Surely they could have come up with a better name for the business. I don't know. I kind of like Angel Investigations. Yeah. It's kind well, of, it's kind of you know, if you don't know Angel, it's, right. you know, it's kind of like, huh, I wonder what that means, Angel. I don't right. Know. And their slogan is, we help the hopeless. Right. I See, I so, thought it was, I mean, we help the homeless. Oh, okay. You did not. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but let's let's do this. This might be interesting. Uh, you, the, you guys, the listeners and viewers... In your in your next comments, uh, tell us what you think a better name for Angel Investigations would have been, uh, especially particularly if you don't uh, don't think uh, Angel Investigations is a particularly good name. Maybe Dak. God, what what's Dak? Doyle, Angel, and Cordelia. Oh, okay. Dak Investigations. We okay. put the Dak, or we put the D in Dak. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Um, I immediately saw the two crew members in the scene of Angel being thrown against the wall. Rewound it to make sure, took a video with my cell, and messaged Jeremy about it. LOL. The technical explanation makes sense, though. It is possible to get a search warrant that quickly, but A, how would Kate or anyone know his address? And B, Kate wouldn't be there alone, as Jeremy says. And how on earth did she miss all the blood Angel stocks in his fridge? So that's two, I have that's a, two points that I didn't think of. Was number one, how the fuck did she know where he lived? Um, I have a response to that. Oh, there were business cards floating around all over that fucking club. That's true. Yep, but the blood thing. Two, when she opens the fridge, you can clearly see that there's nothing in the fridge. But that's. Stupid. So there's always blood in there. Obviously not, because when she opened it, there was no blood in it. Uh huh. Sure. So convenient plot armor. Mm. Uh, I actually thought the scene of the guy walking away from Angel and Angel insisting he wasn't hitting on him was pretty hilarious. I watched it twice. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't think it wasn't funny. I just feel like it was. Like unnecessary very it was very it, 90s right it was un- unnecessary in like oh let's make a homophobic joke yeah yeah it was like i say it was it was very 90s right um i was caught completely off guard when the bartender hit kate over the head loved that uh yeah i mean i remember being surprised too the first time i watched it surprised so. 
you know what, dude? This is going to be a long fucking recording if you're going to keep that bullshit up. Okay? Okay? Uh, <laughs> I give this episode three glory hole remixes. Three glory hole remixes. Okay. Oh, Darlene. Uh, it wasn't a bad episode, but it was a bit deflating after the series premiere. Yeah. I'm really enjoying. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, I'm really enjoying Cordy and I think, and I think I could enjoy Doyle much more if he wasn't so Xanderish. Yeah. You won't have to. He's gone soon. (laughs) (laughs) I was definitely disappointed. They were going with the buddy cop cliche too. And I just didn't connect with the Kate character at all. Wait, Jeremy said Kate episodes. Oh, no, we're not finished with that. No, we're not finished with but that. But don't worry, and, she too does not last. And and nor should we be because Kate is phenomenal and we love we love Detective Kate. In fact, Kate dies a horrible, horrible, horrible death. Kate does. Man, you just. You need to keep the spoilers to yourself, okay? Okay, okay. All right, all right. Um, that being said, get invested in Doyle. It's worth it. It's worth it. He's a great character. Not really. Whatever. Um, do you have anything else? No, you may continue. Okay, then if that's the case, I am going to... Uh, how would you like it? I already if hate I, it. Huh? I already hate it. If I took the dates and deets for this episode mm-hmm. and I tossed it into a pan, mm-hmm. uh, just a piping hot cast iron skillet okay, with some garlic butter mm-hmm. and some rosemary, okay, and I basted it until it was like m- maybe just slightly not pink in the middle no 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 i hate meat cooked like that okay well how would you like it cooked i'll cook it that way for you i want it um i want it i want it medium well medium well okay i don't want to see any pink okay so you you like your steaks flavorless all right good to know that's right. That's right. Uh, as previously stated, this week we will be revisiting Angel Season 1, Episode 3, our third episode of the series overall, In the Dark. Our episode director this week is Bruce Seth Green, and our episode credited writer is Douglas Petrie. Our original air date was October 19th, 99 on the now defunct WB Network. Our Nielsen rating... For when it when the episode originally aired was 3.7 million households, ranking it 88th out of out of the 139 network primetime shows for the week, and third out of the 15 primetime shows airing on the WB for the week. So it beat this same week's episode of Buffy. It did, but <laughs> it 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 took a decline from both our yeah. premiere and right. our second episode. Yeah, but it's just funny that. Only 3.4 million watched Buffy, and then 3.7 million watched Angel. Right. 
which right. I'm like, most of them had to have been like, what the fuck is going on? Sure. You know? Anyway. Um, our regular cast, as always, includes David Boreanaz as Angel, Charisma Carpenter as Cordelia, and Glenn Quinn as Doyle. Our guest stars this week include Seth Green as Oz, James Marsters as Spike, Kevin West as Marcus, and Malaya Matthias as Rachel. Our episode synopsis this week reads, Oz delivers a relic to Angel that that will render him invincible, but Spike is determined to fight Angel to the death for the otherworldly artifact. Is he, though? He is. He's willing to... They have... No, that doesn't... That's not accurate at all. It is accurate. It's not accurate at all. Um, They They have several fisticuffs. Do they? Yeah. They have... One. They have two. And Spike runs away both times. Yeah, because he's so a he's so he's not willing to fight to the death. And his whole plan saying. is not to fight to the death. I'm just saying. So once again, I'm right and you're wrong. I'm just saying. Uh, mine reads. <laughs> this is actually kind of funny. <clears throat> Excuse me. Spike and a colleague. <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's the guy at the office and the cubicle next to his. Spike and a colleague <laughs> torture Angel in hopes of ascertaining the whereabouts of a ring that makes the wearer invincible. Much more accurate. Yeah, okay, if you say so. I'm pretty sure everyone listening would agree with me. Well, what do they know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, we open and we see uh, Rachel running down a dark alley. She's kind of keeping an eye over her shoulder uh, as she's running. And um, she eventually stops and hides behind a dumpster. And uh, she looks back from the way she came running. And all of a sudden, her strung out boyfriend Lenny appears and grabs her and whoa whoa threatened. whoa strung out why are you addiction shaming him uh he grabs her and threatens her and slaps her so more domestic violence yay yay domestic violence we haven't had enough of that and uh, we're going to we're going to upgrade here shortly uh knocking her to the ground he proceeds to tell her that he can't take it anymore, and he pulls a gun and points it at her head. And he, as he starts to pull the trigger, who appears? Spike. No. Oh. Angel. Oh, my bad. And he grabs uh, Lenny's gun hand and pushes his arm up, sending the shot flying high. And, of course, Angel makes short work of Lenny, knocking him out. And, um. He, uh, as Angel and Rachel talk, we pan up to a neighboring rooftop where we see that Spike is watching the events unfolding below, and he proceeds to give us this gem of a monologue. How can I thank you, you mysterious black-clad hunk of a night thing? No need, little lady. Your tears of gratitude are enough for me. You see, I was once a badass vampire. 
But love and a pesky curse defanged me. And now I'm just a big fluffy puppy with bad teeth. No, not the hair. Never the hair. But there must be some way I can show my appreciation. No. Helping those in need's my job. And working up a load of sexual tension and prancing away like a magnificent poof is truly thanks enough. I understand. I have a nephew who's gay, so... <gasps> Say no more. Evil's still afoot. And I'm almost out of that Nancy boy hair gel I like so much. Quickly, to the Angelmobile. Away! Go on with you. Play the big strapping hero while you can. You have a few surprises coming your way. A ring of Amara. A visit from your old pal Spike. And oh yeah, your gruesome, horrible death. So what are we now? About three and a half minutes into the episode, and we've already had a, a gay joke again. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and that is our cold open. We cut to, again, one of the most fabulous theme songs in television history. Okay, you said one of. I can. I can. Get, I did. I can get. I did that. say one of. I can get behind that one of, but definitely not number one. Let's not get ridiculous. No, number one is obviously the T.J. Hooker theme song. I'm, well, I was going to say chips. Oh well. Well, they could be tied. I mean, come on. They could be Okay. Uh, <laughs> we come back from what would have been commercial break, and who do we see? We, we literally just dated ourselves <laughs> so, so bad. Well, we've already said our ages multiple TJ, times. So. TJ Hooker and Chips. <laughs> you know. Might as well might as well throw Kojak and Policewoman in there, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Incredible Hulk. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Uh, all right, where 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 are we after we come back from our credits, Jeremy? Well, as I started to try to say, until you rudely interrupted me, because uh, I never do that to you ever. Whatever, I'm sorry you have sand in your vagina. Keep going. <sighs> I hate sand; it gets everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I killed them. I killed them all, and not just the men, but the women, and, and the, the children. children, and the pets. And the pets, pets. Uh, oh. I can't. I can't believe Princess Amidala went for Wannikin Skywalker when Daddy Obi Wan Kenobi was right there. You mean Queen Amidala? Whatever. Either way. Either way. <sighs> James. Listen, your choices are Wannikin Skywalker or Daddy Wan Kenobi. Where Where are you going? Well, maybe I like an older gentleman. Maybe I would go with uh, Count Dooku. Oh, my God. I mean, he's a distinguished, you know, man. His name is Dooku. Okay. And that's too close to Dookie for me. <laughs> All right. So, anyway, uh, we come back, and who do we see but Oz? who's pulling up in front of Angel's uh, establishment and parks. Hey, uh, any ideas how maybe he found it so easily? 
Okay. No idea. Thanks for no, no thanks idea. Thanks for kicking in there, buddy. Um, I mean, I I would imagine since since Cordelia is dead set on making this a a, a viable business, there's probably he's probably listed in the phone book. Okay. All right. Sorry, I asked. Uh, uh-huh, in, I'm just saying. So when Oz walks in, Cordelia sees him and is quite happy to see him. Um, she's been, uh, working on an invoice for, for, for poor Rachel. Um, and she and Doyle were going back and forth about invoice and he's like, that's not money. That's just mail. <laughs> it's, you know, there's a difference between sending an invoice and actually getting paid. And that's when Oz came in and she's all happy and she's asking about, you know, how's everything back at home? And he's, you know, she's like, how's the bronze? And the same and yada yada and then she's like are, or he he goes are we done and she goes oh yes so <laughs> that ends pretty quickly um so he's like where's angel and so they take him down the dope ass elevator into angel's, the angel's dope, dope ass, ass subterranean fucking bat cave <laughs> and uh uh, they ex- exchange pleasantries, and Oz uh, holds out a ring, and Doyle and Angel both know exactly what it is just by looking at it. Even though it was supposed to be a myth all these years, and even Spike himself thought it was a that big gaudy necklace, but Angel right. and Doyle both know exactly what the fuck it is, so, you know, go figure. I don't know. Um, well, I chalked it up to the fact that it's probably described somewhere in, in texts. Um, but Spike is too dumb. Okay. Um, so, uh, sorry. Cordelia is like, what the fuck? Why do you care about jewelry all of a sudden? And Doyle's like, because that's not just jewelry. That's the gem of Amara. Or actually, Angel says it's the gem of Amara. And, um. Uh, that it would, that it renders the wearer completely invulnerable, if you're, you know, a vampire. Meaning daylight, it, the whole nine yards. And uh, Oz says, you know, Buffy wanted you to have it. He explains the spike thing, digging it up, and all that. And um, they ask about Buffy briefly, not not Angel, but he's like, yep, she's fine, just being Buffy. And they all leave to go to the pub, but Angel sticks around. You know, as always, to be a broody cunt. And, uh, <laughs> no, he actually goes down. when After they leave, he goes down and through his little trap door into the sewer system to, uh, he finds a little kind of a loose brick and pulls it out and he puts the ring in there and hides it. Instead of immediately putting it on and being like, fuck you all, fuck you, you can't hurt me, you can't kill me, I am the shit, fuck this whole thing, I'm out. Which is what I would have done. And that's why you're not a hero. Well, how about you eat a large satchel of dicks? How about that, okay? Uh, the next morning, uh, Cordy and Doyle are sitting there at the desk. and uh, oh, Before you go on, I do want to say you're, you are correct in that this scene does raise a lot of questions. How did Oz know where Angel was? How did 
Doyle and Angel immediately know that this ring was the gem of Amara. Um, and most importantly, how come no one called to tell Angel that Oz was fucking coming? Well, how would they the, know his number? The, None of them know. That's what I'm saying. They know he's in L.A. That's all they fucking know. And yet somehow Oz dr- drives directly to his business and home and is like, hey, I'm Oz. What's going on? So, yeah. yeah well, yeah, I mean. Now, if this were this day and age, I wouldn't have nearly the issue with how they found him or anything like that, you know, right. in the computer age. But this is 1999. I mean, I guess really you we just kind of have to infer that they know cuz I mean Buffy obviously knows that Angels in LA. Well, LA is you know, it's a very small town, so it shouldn't be that hard well, to track him. No, down. but I'm saying like I, they've they've obviously had contact with each other since since he left. Why say that? Some Why do you con- say that? Because when he left, he didn't tell her where he was going. Oh, yes, he did. No, he did not. Oh, yes, he did. No, he did not. Yes, he did. <laughs> Listeners, comment on this. Now, he might not, I don't know if he, I can't remember if he directly told Buffy, but he definitely said he was going to L.A. No, he did not. Yes, he did. It absolutely happened. No, it did not. Yes, it did. Because she she asked him, where will you go? And he said, I don't know. Right. That was then. Later on, he said he was going to L.A. Yeah. No, he did not. Yep, it happened. Uh, so the next morning, Doyle and Cordy are at the desk. He's got a hangover. She's giving him some aspirin and breaking his balls because he was apparently a total douchebag the night before. Um. And a tearful Rachel has phoned Angel whilst in the middle of his Tai Chi practice uh, to say that Lenny has been released on a technicality. And I'm like, hmm, could the technicality have been that he was beaten and apprehended by an unlicensed (laughs) private investigator? (laughs) Uh, um, And Angel's like, okay, you know, I'll be right over. And so he heads out. He puts the what I call the cloak of awesomeness on, his trench coat. And he heads out into the little parking garage area there where the where the Batmobile is. And before he can get in, he gets smashed in the back of the head with a giant fucking two-by-four. And it's Spikey! And Spikey, and he begins to... They begin to partake in what I'd like to call... Aggressive negotiations. <laughs> um, Spike wants the fucking ring, and Angel's like, you might as well go home because it's staying with me and you're never getting it. And they fight, and they fight. Angel's pretty much kicking his ass, especially once he actually vamps out and uh, comes to his uh, his full power. Unlimited power! Sorry. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, he, he pretty much houses him and... Uh, Doyle and Cordy come out, and uh, um, Spike fucks off, and he's like, "I will get you, my pretties." And Angel's like, "You two need to split skis because you know it's Spike, and he'll probably come after you." And then he's like, "Doyle, take her to your house," and she's like, "Why can't we go to my house?" and 
And he's like, because he knows you, he'll find you. And she's like, yeah, but he's a vampire. He can't get in unless I invite him. And Doyle's like, yeah, but he can burn the whole fucking building down. And Cordelia's like, okay, let's go to your place. <laughs> and uh, I, I, before you go on, I, I loved I loved when Cordy and Doyle first come out there and Spike recognizes Cordelia. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, Cordelia, he's like, you're looking lovely. No, he says, you <laughs> look smashing. You, yeah, did you lose weight? Yeah, and I'm like, wait, she looks exactly as good as she did, <laughs> as she always has, you know, but whatever. Um, yeah, so Angel finally, finally gets to Rachel's apartment, and um, long story short, because everybody's seen the episode, uh, he listens to her sob story and basically tells her to leave Lenny permanently and quit this fucking sick game of self-flagellation. So um, we, we kind of get out of that storyline finally. Thank God. Uh, then we cut over to Doyle's apartment. And what's going on there, James? Um... Um, there's, he's just making a bunch of phone calls to his, his, uh, uh, not above board contacts to try and find out if he can, uh, get any information on where Spike might be. That's it. That's all. That's literally all that's happening. Yeah, that's it. That's that he's getting, he's calling a bunch of wrong numbers and, um, getting hung up on at one point. It's an old lady, and they start arguing, and she's like, fuck you! And he's like, whoa, fuck you, old lady. No, sorry. Um, So then we cut, we cut to <laughs> uh, one of Doyle's contacts did pan out. And well, we it didn't to, really. Huh? It didn't really pan it, it didn't pan out, but... Uh, we cut to Angel finally stumbling across Spike uh, in a in a uh, alley, and he Spike runs, and Angel gives chase, and uh, uh, Spike is seemingly surrendering when all of a sudden we see a dude with a chain. Uh, 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 capture angel um which i thought was a really cheesy like capture uh and uh then we cut to back to doyle's place and they're worried uh about the fact that angel hasn't called yet and then we cut to a abandoned warehouse looking thing and uh Angel is chained up uh, to the ceiling and Spike uh, introduces him to Marcus, who is a uh, master torturer who also apparently uh, likes to eat children. Um, well, amongst he's, other... he's, he's a vampire. Well, yeah. Um, and he likes to eat children uh, amongst other things, Spike says. Um, so this guy's a vampire pedophile, basically. Yeah, more or less. Um, 
and there's some classical music playing and uh marcus is pretty reserved and uh he's getting all of his torture uh implements together and uh spike's kind of going over uh marcus's uh resume of torture and uh uh at which point marcus uh takes off unbuttons angel's shirt and he's uh immediately starts licking his nipples for some reason <laughs> and uh he's <laughs> remarks that he's like they were very honest nipples <laughs> uh, um he's uh he's kind of surprised that angel's over 200 years old and there's so little external damage to to his body um and then he asks angel what he wants and uh angel of course refuses to uh to really give in to marcus and uh see when he asked him that when he's like angel what when he's all like what do you want i thought he was wanting to take his order for what he wanted to eat and then uh wow okay marcus steps over to a table and uh uh or over to a uh uh, he's got a fire going and there's red hot pokers in the in the fire and he grabs one and he shoves it through angel's abdomen and we kind of there's like a time lapse and uh, we see that marcus has uh continued torturing angel and asking him what he wants and then torturing him some more um at one point, uh, because Angel's being so defiant, Spike uh, busts a piece of wood and threatens to stake Angel if he doesn't tell him where the ring is. And Marcus is kind of like, uh, listen, dipshit, uh, if, if you kill him, you're not going to find out where the ring is. He knows you're not going to kill him. So this isn't going to work. Um so spike tosses the stake on the floor and uh angel proceeds to tell spike he's an idiot for hiring marcus who's a vampire um because uh, you know he's like what do you think he's gonna do when you find the ring and uh spike tells angel that uh uh, Marcus has no interest in in the gem for himself, and um, uh, he says he's too he's too obsessed with torture to really care about anything else. Um, and then Spike proceeds to taunt Angel about his obsession with Buffy, and um, gives gives angel the the story about uh her sleeping with parker and you know parker just using her and um uh spike ends up leaving and marcus proceeds to plunge another poker into angel and uh uh then Marcus grabs a gun and 
starts to shoot holes in the ceiling of the warehouse so that beams of light are shining down and burning Angel. So Angel's kind of got to contort himself in his shackles to avoid the, the sunlight. And we cut back to Angel's place, and what's going on there? There's a fire. Um, no. Spike's destroying the place, trying to find the ring. And uh, he finally gives up and goes out. And Cordy and uh, Doyle are waiting there, armed with crossbows and whatnot. And Spike basically tells him, listen, I'm Spike, and I'm cool, and you're not. So... Get me the fucking ring, or Angel dies. And they're like, "Yes, Master," and they leave to do so. No, he he leaves. He's like, "Listen, you got till I think he says sun down." I think he says, "And meet me at yada yada behind some fish market when you find it." And uh, meanwhile, Angel's still being tortured, and he's uh, managed to get the that piece of wood between his feet. And as he gets Marcus just in place, he's like, I promise to kill you. And he goes to stake him by lifting his legs up, and but Spike's there and stops it. And I was like, wah, 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 that would have been a good dusting. Uh, <laughs> Marcus gets pissy and starts beating on him, and, and Spike's like, yo, yo, we still got to get the fucking information out of him, so let's get to this, and let me grab... Spike's like, let me get some pliers, and he and Marcus resume torturing to get some info. Um, so, Cordy and Doyle have been searching. They can't find anything. And they're like, well, the only place we haven't looked is down in the fucking sewers. So they go down there. Cordy goes on ahead of Doyle, and he takes the opportunity to briefly turn into his demon self and take a sniff in the air. Apparently his his type of demon can smell jewelry, I guess. And <laughs> he uh, heads right over to the little area, removes the little rock, and, oh, hey, there's the ring. Fuck me running. I, I took it to presume he could smell uh, Angel's lingering scent. Oh, is that, is that, is that what it was? That's how, I, that's how I interpreted it. Okay. Uh, so, um, yeah, so they found the ring and, uh, you know, she's like, how the fuck did you do that? And he's like, it's luck. She's like, I could hug you. And he's like, okay. And she's like, you're not that fucking lucky. <laughs> and before sundown, they meet up with Spike behind the fishery or whatever the fuck it is. And she, he's like, where's the ring? They're like, it's not on us. You're going to take us to Angel. We want to see him in one you know, in one piece before we give it to you. And he's like, well, he's alive, but I never promised one piece. So he takes him there and, you know, they have some little uh, going back and forth. And at which point Doyle actually pulls the ring out of his pocket. And he's like, there, is this what's so important? And he kind of tosses it over and he's like, fetch it dog. And just as uh, Spike goes to reach for it, he has to duck and roll because Oz comes smashing through the fucking warehouse in his van and uh, immediately holds him and Marcus at gunpoint. 
while uh, crossbow point. Yeah. <clears throat> while they grab a angel and they fuck right off out of there, out into the daylight, and they get out of there. At which point, Spike realizes the ring is gone, and so is Marcus. So once again, he has been fucked and screwed over by a colleague. And so he starts smashing shit apart, and he's like, fuck this. He's going on and on, and he's like, you know, that's it. From here on out, it's just me. No more partners. Here comes Big Bad Spike, and as soon as he says that, he steps into the light, and his hair catches on fire, and he has to, you know, duck down and put that out. And uh, at which point he's like, you know what? I hope those two fucking kill each other. (laughs) So he's pretty much over the ring situation. Uh, As they're driving, uh, Doyle and Cordy are tending to Angel's injuries. Again, I don't know why he's a fucking vampire, but I don't understand this universe in that aspect. Um, but he, t- at one point, he tells Oz, no, turn around, get turned around. They're all arguing with him, and he's like, no, turn around. He likes children. He's going to go after kids, and he can't be that far. So they do so. They head back the way they were going. We see Marcus on a boardwalk, spots a big uh, troop of um, Boy Scouts. Is it Boy Scouts? Yeah. And yeah. begins making his way over there. And then he hears some noise and he looks up and here comes fucking the party van again. Wham! Smashes him and, and knocks him 27 <laughs> feet across the fucking thing. And at which point Oz pops out, shoots him dead in the heart with a dart. Of course, it does no good because he has the ring on. So he pulls it off, pulls it out. Did, did Oz shoot him or did Cordelia? I thought it was Oz. I don't know. Anyway, um, Doyle's like, all right, fuck this. I'll, I'll, I'll handle it. And he runs in there and immediately gets beat up. And uh, Oz is talking to Angel in the back of the van. He's like, are you sure you want to do this? And Angel's like, yep. So he pulls the door open really quick and lets Angel fly out. So of course, as soon as he does, he catches on fire. But he tackles Marcus, and they go over the railing and down into the ocean. And disappear. No one can see them. Um, they come up uh, under the bridge there, under the boardwalk area. and uh, Under the boardwalk. I was going to say, under the Out. bridge downtown, where I drew some blood. Under the boardwalk. Out of the sun, under the boardwalk. We'll be having some fun under the boardwalk. Anyway. Don't ever do that again. Uh, you don't ever do that again. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they have a, a fairly brief fight up underneath there. And at one point, Angel uh, kicks him, and he flies backwards into this large j- wooden spike that just happens to be there and impales himself on it. But, of course, he doesn't die because he's got the ring on. At which point, Angel just grabs his hand and pulls the ring off, and he dusts. And Marcus is no more. And Angel slides the ring on. Well, he actually slides it onto his dick, which I found strange. Uh, (laughs) I didn't. (laughs) I didn't. Uh, Slides the ring on and steps out into the sunlight. And that evening, they're sitting on top of their building, apparently. He and Doyle. And they're watching the sun go down, and 
Doyle's like, you know. Hold on, hold on a minute. Let's let's take a moment to appreciate David Boreanaz's fine, fine acting as Angel, who is experiencing the sunlight and the the daytime world for the first time in over two hundred years. Okay, we done. I got I got a little teary eyed. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, we done. God. <laughs> so they're watching the sun go down and. Doyle's like, dude, I promise there's going to be another one tomorrow. And Angel's like, not for me. And he's like, what you talking about, Willis? And Angel proceeds to tell him he's not going to wear the ring. And Doyle proceeds to tell Angel that he's an idiot. And Doyle's correct. (laughs) Because I don't give a fuck how you cut this mustard. That ring could help him immensely in his fucking battle against evil, but... Whatever, I'm not even going to get into it, but it's a stupid decision. Um, Doyle tries to tell him that, but Angel, of course, being Angel, has decided that, no, I, this isn't redemption. I haven't deserved, I haven't earned my redemption yet, and all this would do is I would end up joining the Daylight people, and they have people to protect them. It's the people in the night that need help. And I'm like, well, just because you wear the fucking ring doesn't mean you can't fucking help people at fucking night. The fuck? So... Anyway, it's a stupid fucking reason. So he takes the ring off as after the sun has gone down. He takes the ring off. He puts it on the ledge and just takes a rock and smashes it, and it's kapoof. It's done. Um, and then Angel tells him he had a pretty good day that day, except, you know, the bulk of it where he was nearly tortured to death. And they begin to leave the rooftop together, at which point I believe there's some ad-libbing by David Brianus. Where he says, oh, yeah, I was ready to give up anything at that point. He's one more hot poker, I would have given him anything, even your mom. Then he says, how is your mom? Mm-hmm. Pretty sure that was all ad-libbed. But, uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, no one gives a fuck. So, um... <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, do you want to guess our body count, Jeremy? I couldn't care less. <laughs> no, uh... One... One. Yes. One. Yeah, just Marcus. Yes. Yep, just Marcus. Uh, our music this week is Mozart, uh, Symphony Number no. 41 in C major, uh, specifically K551 Jupiter. Um, and uh, Christoph Beck and Robert J. Kral uh, composing our original score. Um, Jeremy. Yes, ma'am. Will you please tell me and everyone else, mm-hmm. on a scale of one to five, how many red hot pokers do you give this episode? It's a three and a half for me. Um, okay. There's just too many. There's there haven't. There's too many asks in this episode as far as plot armor go. Like mm-hmm. there, like I don't mind one or two little things here and there in an episode where you have to just kind of go with it and be like, okay, fine, they you know. But there's just too many, too many, there's like four or five situations in this episode where you're like, what? How would, no, no. And that's really the only thing that, that, that I take a point and a half off for. Everything else was cool. It was fun. It was, um, it was a fast paced episode. Oz was in it. I love Oz. Um, yeah. So I'm just, I'm just taking points off just for the little bit too much plot armor in it for me. Um, 
yeah. And other than that, I I have I don't have any complaints about it. Oh, the the gay jokes, of course. Which, but I, I always take into consideration it's the fucking nineties, and that's what they did then. So I don't judge it too harshly. Um, but yeah, that's it. Uh, James, yes. Tell our fine fine listeners at home on a scale of one to five. How many needless B plots do you give this episode? Um, are we, we're just gonna skip over the the uh, you guessing what my score is? Are we not gonna do that every every episode? Uh, I'm having do trouble. Do we not? With, I'm having trouble with this one. I'm gonna say I'm trying to do the Chevy Chase thing to you to get you to <laughs> uh, four. You give it a four. I give this episode four. I know uh, whatever whatever bullshit you said. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed this episode. It was uh, um, uh, far superior to, um, in my opinion, far superior to Lonely Heart. Agreed. Well, maybe not force. Maybe not far superior because I think I superior. gave Lonely Heart. I I gave Lonely Heart a, a three, but it's better than Lonely Heart. Um, uh, it's uh, um, it's a much better use of the gem of Amara plot than what um, our the first part of our crossover uh, did with it. Um, Harsh Light of Day. Um, yeah, it's fun. Uh, uh, again you know and this is something we'll probably end up saying a lot over the course of this series I think it really manages to balance the drama and the and the comedy um, you know there, there's it's not too heavy on either either of them it's a it's a real good balance um, I love seeing Oz of course um, and it kind of made me uh disappointed that um that oz wasn't a character that ended up joining this spinoff i thought the that, same fucking thing i was like how I, good would it have been if oz had been on this show full time you know yeah i um i think it would have given seth green more chance to shine yep um uh in in this universe uh and i think it would have just been a phenomenal dynamic with you know him and and uh and angel um and his and eventual romancing of cordelia which would have happened who oz yeah yeah sure um <laughs> or uh, he and angel or he and angel. <laughs> uh, they are both sometimes laconic <laughs> that's one of my favorite lines in yeah. this episode yeah um yeah, so it's I don't I don't have nearly any of the problems with it that you do. Um, you know, yeah, that scene raises all those questions. You know, where how how did they know where Angel was? Yada yada. Um, but again, like Buffy knew he was in Los Angeles, and despite your protest to the contrary, and I defy anyone to show me where I'm wrong. Um, I I don't believe that before he left at the end of season three of Buffy, he told anyone he was going to Los Angeles. 
So I I believe that at some point they've ha- they've had some contact with Angel since he left uh, to know where he's at and where he's living. Um, I I liked Angel's decision to destroy the ring. I think it kind of you know his his little speech about you know the you know the whole world is designed around you know the 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 daytime people and you know they have people to protect them so much so that they have no idea what is waiting in the dark for them um and i i think it's i think there's an aspect of Angel doesn't know if he can be trusted with that kind of power. You know, he's, and that's kind of the point of the, the, the show, you know, he's, uh, if he has the power to be invincible, what would happen if he spent eternity, eternity as angelus? Um, you know, uh, you know, I, I think, like I said, I think he knows or he, worries that he can't be trusted with with that kind of power and that's part of the reason he destroys the ring um but yeah overall really good episode um it's a four for me i I forgot to mention the other thing that i took points off for was the rachel storyline i it was to me it was just it was only like maybe 10 to 12 minutes of the whole episode, you know, all combined. But I just feel like they could have took that 10 to 12 minutes and put more of the the A plot line in. We, I just, I feel like not every episode has to have an A, a B, or an A, a B, and a C, you know. It's okay to sure. just have one plot line, and I think this is definitely one that we didn't need. Because the, the Rachel thing didn't go anywhere. It didn't, I mean, it didn't, um, it didn't change anything. It didn't, you know, it pointless to me mm-hmm. um so that's the other thing i took points off for anyway okay then so james yes why don't you tell our our uh our pod friends how they can uh, reach out and touch us um go to buffy there's links to our facebook our youtube our email uh, our email, incidentally, is buffyrevisited at gmail.com. And uh, you can reach out to us uh, at any of those places. Feel free to email us if you want, uh, you know, with your comments and, and reviews and ratings of uh, any of the episodes we've covered so far or any episodes we may cover in the future or just general conversation about uh, the shows. Uh, obviously those being Buffy and Angel, or uh, just about the pod in general. Um, Same thing with the Facebook. You head over to the Facebook, you will see um, what are at least our two posts weekly about uh, that week's episodes that are dropping, Buffy on Monday, Angel on Wednesday. And uh, feel free to leave your uh, reviews thoughts comments and ratings about those particular episodes on those posts um uh as well as your thoughts about the the podcast in general or buffy and angel in general and the same thing over on the youtube channel um and we will 
uh, as I think most people who listen and watch are well aware, we will address those and uh, go over them here on the podcast and, uh, you know, kind of uh, give our own additional thoughts and, and whatnot on to uh, what you have to say uh, about uh, about the episodes. So. Agreed. We look forward to hearing from everybody. That's the truth. Um, that's why we do this. <clears throat> so, uh, thanks for joining us this week. Uh, next week's episode will be Season 1, Episode 4, I Fall to Pieces. And also, don't forget to join us this upcoming Monday for Buffy, Season 4, Episode 4, Fear Itself. Yes. So, and one of my all-time favorite episodes. I'll just uh, throw that out there now. Oh, did anyone ask? Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> so on behalf of Fuckface, uh, I've been one of your hosts. I'm Jeremy. I'm your other host, James. Ta-ta.